Cheers. Thank hey. you so much for coming on. Oh, is it recording right now? Oh, yeah. We're rolling right in. <laughs> Actually, it started recording five minutes before you got here. Ooh. Right. So all the all the stuff I said. Yes. It's already no, I'm kidding. incriminating. Yeah. Sure. So thank you for coming on. Of course. Gonna... It's, it is an <clears throat> honor to I'm be gonna... in Mr. Justin Wanger's apartment. Um, I remember I was, well, I guess I already said it on camera, but um, you talking about wanting to do this. And I love that it's come to fruition, man. Yeah, thank you. It's it's I I don't know if you know I did this before lockdown, uh, a little bit, and I didn't know you back then. I did it oh, yeah. with just one like little blue Yeti mic. Sure. And I have I still have it. This weird before lockdown or like bef- when no, it happened. No, before. So okay. I didn't like the idea of virtual interviews, mm-hmm. and that's what everyone kept saying, like do them over Zoom, do them over. FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. I didn't like that. I wanted to get back to in person. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it took so long to come back. But I actually have 15 episodes from before. Just in the bank. Just in the bank. Wow. I don't I might release them uh audio only because the video is just like one single camera aimed at most of my apartment. <laughs> sure. Um, but I might do that. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that I I asked specifically if it was during or before because um I mean, God, everybody and their mother and brother and grandmother got a mic during the uh, yeah the, the lockdown and said, "I have a voice." It was. I also did that. So. It was. It was that or a sourdough starter kit. <laughs> those were. Those were. Lockdown was such a weird time. Those, I did more cooking than I had ever done in my entire life. Same. I mean, there. I but I didn't do. Did you do a sourdough starter kit? What I just you mean like making your own sourdough like bread? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I have like 20 friends that did that. Was that a trend? Was that, that one was, of the it trends? was a trend. Okay. Like it was like one of those early trends before we were all, you know, clinically depressed <laughs> and it was like a month, month and a half in. And I just see, I didn't have TikTok back then, but Instagram was blowing up. Like uh, yeah. here's my like Mason jar with sourdough starter <laughs> kit. Right. And then me and my friends had a, you know, the, uh, game code names. Yes, of course. We would do that over FaceTime every Sunday. It's like oh. a happy hour code names thing. And I remember one of our friends just brought on his sourdough starter. He was like, guys, look at what I did. And it's like, After oh. code names, sourdough starter. Sourdough starter. It was... Uh, God, there was na- just... I, I guess I missed that one. There was just so many. I just... There were constantly... I, I, can't, I mean, I can't even think of one right now because they were also fleeting, I guess. But yeah, there was... Yeah, like, I, yeah, I guess... Making stuff from scratch in general was like, we have all this time. It's time to learn how to make your own pasta, you know, which I feel like that's kind of cool. But like sourdough, that's so random. Sourdough was random. I think most people weren't successful because I saw the starter kits and I saw very few loaves of bread. Sure, 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 sure. Well, that was the other thing, too. Everybody would just order shit and then they'd get there and it would just sit in the box in the corner. (laughs) I ordered weight. I spent way too much on Amazon. Getting that $1,100 from the government every week. It, it was, was so delicious. Yeah. I remember the other embarrassing trend I got on. You said you didn't remember very many. Uh, I jumped on the AMC and GameStop stock, oh. Wall Street bets. Oh, God. Thing. Oh, dude, that was that? huge. I yeah. do remember that. That was lost, huge. Lost about 800 bucks on that because <laughs> I jumped in a little too late. Yeah. But I remember me and my roommate, we would be up at 8.30 in the morning. We didn't have jobs. Sure. And I'd have the pot of coffee going and we would just, with the market, we would log on right at nine and mm-hmm. we would watch AMC jump up and down oh and watch GameStop God. jump up and down. And 
sell low and buy high. Oh, and man. It was a mess. Wall Street from home days, you know? Oh, yeah. We <laughs> home would, Street. We would, we would be in pajamas and we would have our mugs of coffee and we would be like, we're traders now and to the business and... Right, you, you would you would get dressed up, but only from the waist up. Like mm-hmm. you would have like a suit, yeah, like like blazer tie, we and then your pajamas. We yeah. weren't FaceTiming or on Zoom calls or anything. We were just at our own little right. computers, and right. we would just sit there and yeah, no, in person. You're still yeah. wearing like underwear yeah. and socks, but everything yeah. else, you're still. Uh, we are business ventures. We are going to make the market our bitch today. <laughs> And then we'd go on Reddit and people would be like, it's going to hit $13 today. And it would end at six. And it's yeah, like, like right. I do yeah. remember the, the GameStop thing. And I remember caring um, because I'm not much of a betting or, or stock or gambling or investment person. I wish I knew more about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that just, I, that was never my, my, my bag. But I was interested with GameStop in general because, um, the break for me was just, I just played so many video games. My yeah. brain just exploded. Honestly, it was delicious because with what my life is now, you know, I like have 14 things going on always at the same time. And I don't actually find those times to play. I love video games. I love yeah. to have that break. I love to like just get lost in a, in a game and really like get into one. Like I play RPGs and like more in depth yeah. stuff. I really like doing that. And I just, especially now, I'm glad I took that time and just like played a bunch of weird shit and a lot of it because I just don't have the time now to just like pop down and have like even like an hour session. Right. You know, and I just loved waking up and being like getting on with the boys and being like, all right, we're <laughs> dropping back. We're dropping hot today. We've just played for like five, six hours, man. It was just so much fun. And well, like, yeah, I, I hate to say that the uh, COVID was in a lot of ways fun, but it, it it's, it's, it's a hard conversation it's, it's to a, have. Man. It's a it's a relatively dark thought to be like, man, just just like another short lockdown. Yeah, take me Wouldn't, back. Yeah, right. Oh, me and Rachel, we joke about that all yeah. the time. We're like, I wish I knew you in lockdown because, right. and we were in this relationship now because we just would. Oh, y'all fucking, would thrive. We would never want to come back. Yeah, we just would have made tons of content and music and played games and just smoked and drank and ate and and made sourdough and it would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> There were there were uh, deliveries. We had we had a guy deliver our weed to us like oh, once oh a, once a month. That was huge and too. Yeah. It was it was like Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was like or slash pain rent. Like yeah. he came right around the first or second of the month. It was the best time of the month because we would just stock up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and my buddy, my my girlfriend at the time had an alcohol allergy, so she would stock up on a lot of weed. Okay, and I would get a little bit, right. and then me and my buddy would go to the liquor store right over here right. and we would buy three like magnums of like Jameson. And yeah. Tequila. And he like did gin, gin. I did tequila, yeah, vodka. Yeah. Um, what was your video game uh, of choice? I, so, and this is funny because at that time I was able to like, I guess to my point is that I didn't have the time to like sit down and play. Because my favorite thing to play is my Switch. I am abs- I'm always been a Nintendo guy, and I love my Switch so much. I take it around the house with me, and you know, I, I like the portable, yeah, you know, concept of it. Is it always portable? Do you ever put it on the TV? I put it on the dock sometimes, but I would say like ninety percent of the time I yeah. don't have it on the dock unless I'm playing like a multiplayer game, like Mario Kart or something, right. and friends come over. Then I'll obviously I throw it on the dock. But I mean, literally ninety percent of the time I'm just on the couch while like kind of passively playing some game while we're doing something else or watching TV. Um, but what was nice about the lockdown was 
I could take some time to dedicate to a console, like a real, like, you know, so I got really into my, my PlayStation and this is also funny that I'm about to say this, but I was really into Apex Legends. I don't know if you know what that is. I do. Yeah. I'm not someone who is even like a first person shooter guy. That's like never been my kind of game. I've always been a very like, you know, first like solo player of like some adventure game or some sort of like RPG where it's like, you know, role playing or something like that. Uh, but Apex, I was like, you know what? I need, I, I want to see what the fuss is about. And I didn't want to do Call of Duty because it felt so... Everyone does Call of Duty. Yeah, and it's so militaristic. Yeah. And like, I get that that's cool or whatever. But to me, it's it was just a little too... You wanted fantasy. I you need some you fantasy. Didn't, yeah, you didn't want, oh, this is what it was like. <laughs> or this, day. Yeah. Back, back in my day. Well, okay, and I say it like that, I guess, because the last Call of Duty I played was set in World War II. That was a good one. That was that was the that's the only one I enjoyed. I remember that one, and I was, was like, "This is really cool." This, and then I I think that was Call of Duty two mm-hmm. or three. Yeah, yeah, and I played it on the computer. It wasn't even a console right. uh, game for me. Right. Yeah, I loved I loved that. Uh, I loved when they would they would take it in a direction that was sort of weird. Like there was one that was um there was like a zombie apocalypse thing, and that was part, and you were just yeah. like killing like Nazi zombies or something the whole yeah. time, and I was like, "Oh, this now uh, this is great," you yeah. know. But the drop-in and the military, I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't. So Apex 3 was fun because it was so fantastical. There were just like, every character was so different. And uh, they had their own abilities. And they were all, you know, like, there were different creatures. And, you know, it it just, I don't know. The the blend of it was really fun. And the the guns were all, it just felt so spacey and sci-fi and weird. And so I got, but it was a true... FPS like it was a true like run and gun first person shooter um and I really I finally it clicked with me I was like I see why this is fun yeah I see why people get into this I see why the grind and like getting the right loadout and then having the right position and whatever like it became really really addictive and I probably never would have felt that or like got into that ever without if a it, lockdown without the lockdown yeah yeah my I, I'm I'm like you. I like the uh, RPG games. Oh, I've, I love I've it. recently been scrolling through like the PlayStation Now or the Live or whatever it is where you can Such stream a library. the old games. Amazing, yeah. You know what I went looking for that I could not find. That's one of my favorite games that I that I played I'm through like this. three times. I'm gonna know this. It was uh, it was PlayStation Three, and it was one of the first games that they came out with. It was the reboot of Prince of Persia. Oh. The one that's like the super Justin. like yes, cell shaded, yeah, Justin, and with the gauntlet, Justin. And, oh, I love it was that game. I have it, and I have no way to play it currently uh, wasn't it for Xbox. I played it on PlayStation Three. You did play it on PS, it, so they, it was on PS Three too. Probably both. Yeah, they did. I think they. Yeah, I yeah. think they did. Um, but I have a PlayStation both. Three without the uh, red, yellow, white cable. I lost that cable. Oh, what are those cables? RCA yeah. cables? RCA cables. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can get one on Amazon, and I just haven't. But I, the, <laughs> ge- the game is in that silver box that you see behind me. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I have no way to I love that you right have now. it in a beautiful little silver box all by itself. So I've got, I've got like 50 <laughs> games in there. I just, I got rid of the cases just for storage purposes. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Oh, I love a, I love a physical copy person. Yeah. That's great. I have to. I still have a bunch of physical copies of older games. I just... Now in this day and age, especially with the Switch, I'm like, I, I just, because you can just download it all. I, yeah. It I do like. easier. I know. I resisted as long as I could. I did too. I only have two games that I've actually downloaded. 
Oh, really? Uh, because, well, I don't have a Switch. I I, I only have okay. PlayStation okay, okay, Four. Okay. Um, but I've only downloaded two games, and it's um, Spider Man, the original uh, Spider Man for PlayStation Four, which OG. was a great game. Yeah, that's one of the best fucking adventure, like hero yep. games ever. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. At Spider Man games have always been some of the best video games, mm-hmm. and they continue to be. Oh yeah. And then. Um, I'm blanking on the name. It's the futuristic one with the girl with the red hair who's uh, bow and oh, arrow. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. Ooh, an amazing, an amazing game. game. And then Incredible did you game. play the sequel? No, I haven't. I've heard it's better. Even better. I've heard oh, yeah. it's better. I, saw, I watched the trailer like five times in a row because yeah. just... Because it's for the PS5 now. And so the graphics are better I know. with time and I then know. also on a better console. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. I heard they just improved upon everything that the first one did. And, um, oh man, what is his name? The bald guy. Yeah. R.I.P. What is his fucking name? He was on the wire. Um, Luth. Lance. Uh, Lance Reddick. 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 Lance Reddick. I remember like him in the game and his voice in the game in the first one. And I was like, man, this is cool. And they made it look like him. Yeah. And they made the the hologram look like him. 90% of the time you voice someone who doesn't look like you. They, it, and it's graphics are so good these days. He walked up and I'm like, I know exactly who that is before he even speaks. It's so good. Oh, it was amazing, man. Yeah. I love those. Those are, uh, that, that game. I also was one that I really fell into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hard though. It's hard. It's, it's hard. So hard. The learning curve is difficult, and that open world concept, and all. But I, the crafting of like the different types yeah. of arrows, explosive arrows, electric arrows, poison arrows. I was like, this is like so trip, in depth. Trip wires. Trip wires. All the it's, traps and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, man. It's also <laughs> I I haven't had that much anxiety around like you know the giant tigers. Oh God. Yeah. Giant, mech. Yeah. Well, yeah. like it's literally like, like dinosaurs, those, but like mecha dinosaurs. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's creepy. Like trying to run in front of them and do the trip lines and, and yeah. hit them and keep them back. The movement was. I, I haven't had that much anxiety since, and this is a way throwback, uh, Doom. <laughs> oh, God. Like a, yeah, a game hasn't gotten my heart racing like that since <sighs> Doom. And Even, the, the remake, have you played either of the Doom remakes? I like the originals better. They're, oh, really? I like the originals better. I think there's, there's something more, better about I think there's them. more heart racing in that sense. You don't feel as badass. In the new ones, you feel incredibly badass, and like you're running through a room, just like whatever. And like in the old ones, I feel like you felt a little bit more like something's gonna something's gonna eat me. It a was lot more. it was the music, oh, and then yeah. uh, you remember the the ones that throw the fireballs. Oh the, yeah, the the sound of them nearby, but you can't it's see them. Head, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be ninety. And when dementia <laughs> kicks in, those are the sounds <laughs> that my paralysis demon yeah. is gonna take on. Not the paralysis. Demon. Yeah. Uh, quick harken back to that Prince of Persia game. I absolutely fucking adored that game. So I loved good. all of the Prince of Persia games. That's like my ideal video game. Yeah. It's like the right mix of combat, mm-hmm. exploration, parkour. Yes. Like, I was like, Prince I want my... Prince of Persia walked so that Assassin's Creed could run. Exactly. Yeah. Like the Jack and Daxter, the Ratchet and Clank kind of loved stuff. Loved Ratchet and Clank. Oh, I played I love all those of them. Games. Yeah, I played. They I were, love all of them. And those. So that's the only reason I said Prince of Persia. All the Ratchet and Clank games are streaming, including my favorite one. Up Dead, your arsenal. Deadlocked. Or, oh, dead. Oh, you like Deadlocked? I loved. Deadlocked. Oh, Deadlock is cool, man. Because it changed it all up. They did. Up your arsenal. Going commando. Going commando. Um, <laughs> what was it the third? The third innuendo one. Well, the, yeah, there was the OG and then Going Commando, Up Your Arsenal. 
And then Deadlock right. was four. I think Deadlock was four, but there there is another. There one. was one more, and then they started those, going in the like direction of like I haven't played the most recent one, which kills me because it's on PS5, but it's like the Kraken Time or yeah something else. Yeah. I also don't have a PS5, so I haven't played it yet. But I mean, I just at this point I'm like, I want it so badly, but I just don't have the. the, the I did. Time. I can't justify well, this, it. This is another trend that happened in lockdown is trying to get a PS5 because they were so limited, and so me and my buddy were on the Target email list and yeah. the Best Buy email list. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're going to drop 500 PS5s at noon on Wednesday the 20th, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we would be on the website at 1145. And I remember going in and adding it to my cart, hitting checkout, having all my stuff stored. I did the whole thing in like seven, eight seconds. Yeah. And it was already gone. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And I wish... That was the time that I wish I could have bought it because... All this beautiful free money was coming in. And I, Mm -hmm. I mean that I took that money and I bought, um, my entire setup that I have now at home with my, my microphone and my interface and some like speakers and things like that. Like I, I use that money to really set that up because I do voiceover stuff too. And like with a company, I'm like signed to a company and and they told me during that time, they were like, this is going to be the future. Yeah. Like they don't, they're realizing how much money they can save not booking out a studio in Midtown mm-hmm. and having you come in and audition that way for a voiceover yeah. gig. They, they're just like, if you have a home setup, that's kind of what they want. And they were like, and if you, which made sense to me, cause I was like, if it's, if you want to be competitive in that world, you might as well have it. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to get the same gigs and the same stuff. If, if you don't, if you don't really care about it as much, then don't. But if you want to like book the gigs you might as well get with the times. Yeah. The and it makes sense too. It's they're offloading a cost on from them right. onto you. I mean, right. you you put one, two, three thousand dollars into your home studio once. Right. Or they can invest five, eight hundred dollars every single session Correct. to record you. Correct. After five sessions, now both of you are profiting right. in a way that makes sense. Right. And that's how you build, like, that's like a better relationship that they want to build instead of like, well, if you auditioned at home and the sound was good enough and we have it on our end where we can mix it and we can make it sound like good enough. Yeah. Like commercial standard. Why are we having him come to a studio in Midtown and book him for three hours and we can just pay him from his home? So many people are doing that. I know. It's just the way. I was dating someone... Uh, just coming out of lockdown and she did a lot of uh, voiceover and she had like a little setup at home and same thing. It's like, oh, you're cheaper because of that. Right. And so we're going to book you more. Right. And it just, it just makes sense. Right. Uh, how sound, how soundproofed is your studio? Did you need to do anything with that? So it could be more soundproofed. Um, I got a really nice mic. I got a Shure SM7B, which is a very like very nice industry standard mic. It's about four hundred. Um, but w- what I needed with it was um, some other equipment that I didn't have, which was like with the interface that I needed, which was like a Scarlett two one two, I think is what it's called, and with the um, it it also needs something called a cloud lifter because the gain on the mic. Is very very like it's a condenser mic, um, which you know it's it's just a very very quiet mic, and because of that, that's why it has a little bit better quality and it's able to like 
kind of take out room space okay. a little bit more. Um, so when you connect it to the cloud lifter, which then connects to the interface, which then connects to your computer for you to record it, um, the cloud lifter basically just gives it a little bit more of that, that gain so that you can, a lot of that buzzing from the mic, because it's just really, really like a powerful mic. And without giving it a little bit more support, is, is, is the best way, without me getting too nerdy, the best way to like, it's just giving a really powerful mic more support so that, that buzz doesn't come through and it's a little bit, it's cleaner and it sounds Liter- A cleaner. literal buzz like on the audio like that? Yeah, like the, elect- the electric components in here are like. So it's so sensitive that it actually picks that up. Correct. Is what you're saying. Got Correct. it. Okay. So, and it'll pick that up like as you turn it up in the headphones, you can hear it like. Okay. So giving it. Basically, the cloud lifter gives it that extra juice, that extra support, so that you know it can run through that, and then run through the interface and everything, so that it kind of like takes down all that extra buzz and all Got that it. extra electrical component stuff, and then you get that really really clean sound in the mic that's really 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 nice. Um, so that whole setup, I mean, was not it wasn't crazy. It was still under a grand. I think it was like all of that was like. So 800. one week of free government money. And like <laughs> right. <laughs> At that time, I was like, man, this is nothing. Like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm getting this, you know, whatever. We're, we're bankrolling right now. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, but it, it's been paramount. Yeah. Not only for voiceover stuff, but for um, my music and all of that I do in general, too. So what kind of voiceover stuff? Is it like acting voiceover or? So I've done commercials or yeah, it's, it's everything. So the company I'm with is called DDO, uh, shout out DDO. They are absolutely amazing. <laughs> Ding. Uh, they, their voiceover department. Um, I work with my agent Eileen and she's just really, really great. And they do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've done commercial. Um, I have done voiceover for like ads, like internet ads. Um, I've done auditions for, um, like, um, what am I trying to say? Like, like animated gigs and things like that, yeah. which if I could book an, a true animated show, you're like good to go. It's like, it's like basically yeah. booking a Netflix series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and fun and so, so fun. So many of them are so good these days. Oh, yeah. Like the writing alone is amazing. Some, I, not to redirect yeah. my favorite show of all time is an animated show. <laughs> What is it, Justin? That's so interesting. I didn't expect you to ask. <laughs> Not the uh, setup. Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> which, look, which, look. Back to nerdy shit. Back. Everyone knows this about me already. That's one of the best shows, though. Oh, it is. Oh, it it is. is some of the best writing. It, it is. tackles every adult theme that was relevant of the time oh, so in such a great way it, uh-huh. that was also digestible for the kids that were watching it oh yeah and also in an enjoyable way that i'm 32 mm-hmm. i still watch that show and i still have oh shit moments oh yeah um rachel my girlfriend she um hi rachel hi hello rachel um she loves that show and we used to there was a period of time we're we need to get back to it, but Saturday mornings we would wake up and do Saturday morning cartoons. We would always just watch Love that Saturday. show. Yeah. We'd just watch Avatar. And we would like binge. It was like that. And like sometimes we'd we'd take a diatribe onto Pokemon. But Pokemon was the Saturday morning show. Oh, it was the, I mean that, that was that show is that is iconic. That was I didn't do Saturday morning cartoons the way most people I know did, 
but there was a stint where I did Pokemon on Saturday morning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was good shit. And yeah. she, so she kind of, not that I hadn't watched it before I had, but she put me on and we started episode one, season one of Avatar. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. That's like the best thing Nickelodeon, next to SpongeBob, that's like the best thing Nickelodeon's ever produced. Yes. There was also, I just saw this the other day, the original uh, best crossover of all time when they did Timmy Turner and Jimmy Neutron swapping universes. Oh, that's amazing, actually. That was, that's and they did it first. Right. Not, <laughs> not the only ones that I think, the only, the only possible before that, I think Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossed over. Oh, uh, to the best. To the best franchises yes, of all time. Absolutely. Good shit. Batman versus Shredder. Get out of here. <laughs> get we get needed, we out needed of that here. though. We needed we, that. We did. And we needed to know that Batman would still beat Shredder. <laughs> right. Which and he means, can still beat everybody. Yeah. yeah. We needed we needed uh Michael Keaton's Batman to defeat a literal Kryptonian <laughs> to know that Batman is still as god Badass. as godlike as a person can be. As a just normal person mm -hmm. because that's always what it is right that's the like yeah. fascinating thing about batman that we love yeah. so much is that he's still just, just a guy human. yeah just a guy yeah i mean know? sure you can have a gun at point blank range at batflex head and it's just gonna bounce, it's off, gonna bounce but, off but yeah no he's just a person he's just a person though. suspend that disbelief i know he could have died just so many just times so Whereas like the stakes are just low and I Superman, love yeah. I loved how we just grabbed that two thousand pound box and yeeted it <laughs> at a guy and that guy didn't shatter into a million pieces. Correct. People should be dying more. He doesn't kill anybody he though. He doesn't kill a single person. Batman's he, killed people. Batman kills so many people. Batman has killed people. Yeah. I'm just saying it. Yes. I'm saying it. There it is. So many tangents. <laughs> so many sides. Is tangents. there a specific thing we need to like talk like address like talk about is this just like we just talk about things we like to talk about i love how it flows organically sure i course. do want to talk about your music that would be great so before we do that <laughs> video games no i'm kidding um so the problem is i can sit here and talk about video games talk about, okay real quick all day. favorite video game all time red alert 2 did you ever play it Red Alert 2. Red, oh, I'm going all the way back. <laughs> Honestly. That's your, that's your favorite of all time? Of all time. Oh, my God. Of all time. I would play that game today for eight hours. That is not what I was expecting you to say. I know. Wowzes. I know. You know how many times I've tried to figure out how to play it on my MacBook? Uh, like four. Like both. That's four. Is a I was unsuccessful each time. You don't try <laughs> every day if you know you're not going to figure it out. Yeah, if you know, it's probably yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Uh, you played it, right? Of Red Alert 2? Yeah. 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 Um, only Red Alert 2. Not Red Alert. No. Yeah. Why? Who would? <laughs> it's like saying I played Delta Force 1 and then I played Delta Force 2. Yeah. Like, yeah you're you not don't need jumping the, back. for the story. Yeah. You, know, you don't really need. Yeah. I needed to take out those small pixelated guys in the snow first to take out these. This is way too specific. No, but you like that kind of you like that kind of gameplay. You like that kind of I thing. have not found another game since Red Alert 2 that does it as well. Sure. Which is frustrating. Sure. No, it's got a cult following. Yeah. For sure. Um favorite game of all time is really, 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 really hard. I would probably say I have to go to something OG to my like adventure roots, and it would have to be. I think it would be Banjo Kazooie. Nice. I think that is maybe 
I have replayed that game more than I've played any other game. Mm-hmm. And I it's one of those ones that I enjoy doing 100% completion all the way through. Getting yeah. all of the secrets, all of the collectibles, all of the things. Um, I just think it's a beautifully made game. I think platforming-wise, it's mm-hmm. one of the best that's ever been made. Um, all the different worlds and all the different things. I just... It's so enjoyable to be in that world and do it. And yeah. I've just always, always, always loved that game. That, um, that was Nintendo, right? It was. It was also, it was Rare. Rareware was the name of the company. They did uh, mm. they, they did a bunch of Donkey Kong games too. It was always yeah. in partnership with, it was like Game Freak yeah. for Pokemon with Nintendo. It yeah, was yeah. always like a partnership. Does Game um, Freak still do the Pokemon games? Or they do. Has, yeah? They do. Very cool. And this, I mean, they've, now they're on the like, 400th iteration they're running out of stones they are running out of colors yeah they're running out of colors yeah so yeah i would say that's that's probably and i'm a big zelda guy too i never did the zelda i know and i know that once i do i lose a game over i lose a game over can't do it when i'm still grinding i need to be successful then i can give away a year yeah um it's hard once you get it you never played ocarina of time i never played any of them never played a single Zelda game. Maybe at a friend's place for a half hour. Sure. But that you can't doesn't really, count. You no. can't really. And if I don't remember, no. Yeah. Um, my Banjo-Kazooie uh, equivalent was Crash Bandicoot. Love. Crash Bandicoot we is played. a close second yeah. in that. I love the yeah. Crash series. I've played every single one. Me, me and my ex played a lot of Crash Bandicoot and Lockdown. Super fun. Because I got the PlayStation 4 uh, remaster of the first three. Oh, oh the, up, the insane trilogy? Yes. I love it. I have it too. And I, we played for hours. Hours. I think if we played 10 hours, we spent seven hours on one level. <laughs> and I know that level, like, it's burned into my memory. Yeah, yeah. And it was fantastic. Um. Give me one second. Yeah, take your time. We'll cut this out in post. And by we, I mean my editor. And by we, I mean my editor. Uh, I have an editor. You do? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Shout out Camila. Shout out Camila. Yeah. Hey, Camila, how are you? You're good? What's your favorite video game of all time? She's, she's like, rolling her eyes at yeah, us. She's like, yeah. I don't fucking <laughs> I don't care about this. I feel bad. She was editing episode three. And it's, I guess my feed was super low. And my guest laughed and like blew out the feed. Yeah. And so every time my guest would laugh, she needed to go in and like drop the volume. Oh, sure. And then pick it back up as soon as I started talking. So it was a lot of modification. Sure. And it crashed her computer. Mm. And now she's like, I am going to pass this off because I can't do it. Because she spent like nine days on it. She's like, I can't do it again. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, uh, how about my music? How about your music? So, <laughs> Gray Star. Gray Star. Oh, how, first off, how long, did the content. That, how long did that take to actually get down? I accidentally did it uh, on my like one of my most recent TikToks. I just sort of thought it'd be funny um, because TikTok is weird and you feel like you have to... Do a thing. Do a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I did it and I was like, I'll just make this a thing where like I never quite get it right and that's the bit. That's funny. Um, You're funny. Thank you. Yeah. I know I know you do mean that. I do mean it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, the music stuff's been really good. Uh, I'm in school full-time right now For as well. For music production. For music production. Downtown. Uh-huh. At Say Institute. Shout out yeah. Say Institute. Um, 
it's been really good. I just knew if I, I've been doing this music thing for like over, I mean, I've been doing it my whole life, but I've been like in the city writing, producing and trying to make it happen for like, yeah, 10 years. Yeah. This guy listens. Done some research. Uh, like 10 plus years. And I mean, that, that includes like producing my own stuff, writing a bunch of shit. I was in a singer songwriter group for a couple of years. I was in a hip hop group for four years. I've now been doing my own solo thing for like two and a half years or so. Um, so I was like, if I don't, and I know how to do all that, but going to school and learning how to like work a DAW, like a, like a audio workstation, like logic or pro tools mm -hmm. or Ableton from actual music production, like sitting and building music. It is a different language. Yeah. It just is a completely different world. And I am someone who learns in person. I'm not someone who is like, oh, I, I have the discipline to sit down and watch YouTube tutorials. Yeah. I just, I, I can't. I think there are some people out there that can. Absolutely. But I think there's a lot of people that say that they can do that and then they can't. And that's why they're not able to like really get the thing done and learn the skill. So I was like, you know what? I want to be in person. I want to be around people that have been in this industry for a long time. And when I do something, I go, Hey, is this good? And they go, it is, but you need to do this or it isn't. You need to fix this. Mm -hmm. And then I can go do, do, do. Then I go, now is it good? And they go, yes, this is the right thing. I need to be in a place where I can work in studios, figure out boards, figure out like all of those intricacies. It was just really, really important that I did that. I would imagine, I would imagine being in that environment also, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but like the mindset of just being in front of a board, I would imagine you, do you have a board at home? No, no. So it, I, I also don't learn well just on YouTube. No, it does. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't click for me. I tried in lockdown. I actually tried to be a life insurance salesperson. Sure. And I did that whole course and I learned nothing. A very sought after profession. <laughs> in locked it was real estate or it was life insurance volcano in, insurance in volcano. <laughs> flood insurance in wyoming love that yeah it's uh i what so i just can't learn any other way yeah so with with this you're gonna come out when when do you actually uh finish when do you graduate um i finish so i finish at so February of next year, I believe mid-February, I graduate. Okay. So it's it's a year process. Uh, it's an accelerated process. So, you know, it's broken up into four modules. They're three months apiece. Equates to 12 months. Um, and it's it's been paramount so far for upping my, my music stuff. Um, Have you noticed that your production value is just going like week absolutely. by week, it's going up or month by month? Absolutely. Yeah. So with what I've wanted to do with the Gray Star thing, um, I have really wanted to make, I, this was the first time when I started doing my solo Gray Star thing that I wanted it to be legit. Like I wanted to be like, I'm not, I cut a lot of corners back in the day and it was a lot of just the creative process and us being like, well, we'll just put it out or we'll just do this or whatever. And really not thinking about the business aspects of it, not thinking about what it really means to like put something out and try to be real and give your music what it's deserved and be competitive in the world. Like there's a lot more to it than just, I made a great song and I'm going to put it out. I mean, it's, 
That almost has nothing to do with it. Do you, when you say that, do you mean give it what it's give it what it deserves in terms of was the song quality lacking or just giving it the effort to put it out there? Giving it the effort to put it out. The song quality, you think you gave it everything it deserved? Well, so for example, when I was in my hip hop group, um, it was a three piece, and one of the guys who rapped in the group was also the one who made all of the of the beats and produced it, um, like produced the tracks and like made them. Um, I primarily wrote all of the hooks and like the concepts kind of for the songs. And then the other guy was just a great rapper. And so all, and all three of us would rap and whatever. Um, there, it, it was a learning process for me because he would make the beats and they sounded good, but there's so many other layers to what that is. Like the raw vocals and then they need to all be compressed and they need to be, you know, edited and reverbed. And then there's like a, a, like a light mix that gets put over the whole track, like the entire, all of the instruments, everything. And then that is then taken and okay, it's in a good spot. Now it needs like a, a proper final mix where you adjust more levels and you adjust more, you know, you pan things into the, into the headphones and speakers and things like that. Then when that's in a good place, then it goes into the mastering process, which is taking an already really good mix and then lowering all of the volumes and, and, and making sure that everything is perfectly compressed and in a place where it is good in headphones, it's good on a Bluetooth speaker, it's good in the car, it's good on your phone, and it is like across the board, industry standard, will sound good. And when you upload it to streaming services like Spotify or Apple Music, they will take what you've done and they will even lower the, you know, the volume and different things. And you have to know all of that to make sure that everything just sounds crispy. Everything is industry sounding. And back then, you know, that costs money. Yeah. That costs money. And if you don't know how to do it yourself and you don't, and you cut those corners and you don't really do it the way you're supposed to do it yourself, you know, it, you can hear it. Yeah. You just can't hear it. And we are in a world now with the music industry where everything sounds so good. Yeah. Like everything is like, oh man, the attention to detail. Like, and you don't even think about it because that's just the standard now. So when something's not on that standard. You and catch it's, it right away. You catch it right away. Yeah. So back then there was a lot of stuff that, you know, we weren't paying for all of the things that it should be. Like we were like, you know, I wanted to put the money up in a lot of ways, but it was a lot of like, oh, we don't need to pay for a, for a master. You know, we can just, we can just put this out. It's good enough. I mean, it, it sounds hard. You know, it sounds hard. It hits. But then when you listen and you put it up in a playlist with other songs that are out or whatever, you can just hear the difference. So with this Grey Star thing, I wanted it to be... And, and those songs were good. They deserved to sound better. So with this iteration of my music career, I was like, I want everything to sound... Is this right. stuff... This is stuff that you're learning in school now to do yourself? Or is this still something that you're going to put forward the money to have someone... So some of it I can cut out and do myself. Okay. I'll be able to make like good mixes of my songs. You'll still need someone else to master. Mastering yeah. is a technique that, um, I mean, there's things that I could do myself, but it's just one of those techniques that like, it, it's also nice to have another person, more ears on yeah. a track. Like, cause you can sit there and you can make your own thing and you can do whatever and then put it out. But having another opinion and being like, Ooh, what about this? What about this? You'll hear it back. And you're like, Oh, they, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Right. It's just smart to do that. 
Yeah. That's why the mastering is like two pronged as a very like important thing to do because not only do you get the true like volume settings and, and mastering of the track, but they also might change a few things and tweak a few things that you wouldn't think about. And then you hear it back and you're like, okay, now it's like really elevated. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's really important. I'll be able to do a lot more and cut out a little bit of the middleman. Um, but yeah, I will still want to put that money up for that final polish because mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's just important. If you care about it, you gotta, you gotta give it what it's worth. Yeah. You know? So, so, Thirty-four thousand six hundred ish subscribers on Spotify. It's around thirty-five right now. Thirty-five, yeah, 000. just shy of thirty-five. And uh, I subscribed. Um, Come on, Justin. You know, um, how long ago did you start this Gray Star thing, where you were putting stuff out until like how how long did it take you to hit that thirty-four thousand? Um, I would say. So I have a really good team behind me um, and I'm really happy with um, how they've helped me grow my platform and my music. I would say with their help, you know, it's taken and with it, labels help too. Like I've, I've gotten songs signed to labels now mm -hmm. and that's really, really been paramount for just people streaming and listening and it getting on the right playlists and the right like pushes in the right, like, you know, uh, circles that it needs to be in. Cause then this person hears it and then this person and labels just have a way of being able to put money into advertisements and, and really just get it to where it needs to be heard. Um, but you know, if the music's good and you care about it and you're willing to put that stuff up, uh, the first, you know, I, I've got multiple songs over a hundred thousand streams mm -hmm. and not that that's like, a crazy whatever, but I've only been it's doing not this. Nothing. It's not no, not at all. And it's it's I've truly been doing this for like two years. Okay. Like really the way that I've always wanted to, appropriately, industry standard, everything, two. going about it the right way, it's been about two years. Nice. So I wish I'd been doing it for the last ten years, but that's part of the process. I, I worked with a vocal coach when I was 28 and you know i kept thinking you know it's 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 part of the idea we're the oldest we've ever been and so we feel like we're old mm -hmm. we are we are both young and so you know last 10 years but we're still early in this oh very so very early um i'm curious because i'm not in the music industry and i i've heard from other people just like passing comments what role does social media play in music industry because I keep hearing Huge. I keep hearing rumors like it's everything. we want your song to be TikTokable or Instagram reelable or and I know uh Heartbeat mm -hmm. was very easy to find on Instagram when sure. I wanted to use it on a reel. Yeah. Um and I saw that. Shout out that, to the reel. I appreciate that. Of course. Uh I didn't go looking for other songs. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't part of what I was trying to do that day. But I've heard that labels will not be interested if if, if they don't think that your song is something that can go viral on depending TikTok. Depending on the label, depending on the um, what their genre is that they specialize in, mm -hmm. per se. Uh, but it is everything. Yeah. It is. And yeah. it is something that is that 
it's why younger artists are able to, you know, you see a lot of younger artists that are blowing up in a big way. It's because it's, it's an adjustment for us millennials mm. because we've never, it, it, that's not been a thing. Yeah. When we were younger and coming up, that was not something we ever thought about. Like, we're not like, oh, you really have to promote yourself. Like, it was like a fun thing to like put your life on Instagram and just talk about what you're doing or whatever in your, in your regular life. But like showing and really showing the story of career and showing your music path and putting up clips of you singing your music on the street or whatever and lip syncing things or whatever. Like that just, that's only really been huge. I mean, it's probably been huger than I've even realized because of me being a millennial and not, right. not wanting to be on board. But they're, you know, the Gen Z's and the younger, like they're coming up and this was, they're growing up with like this being the coolest thing. Yeah. So they are already way more in tune with it. And it's why, and they've been using it for longer. And it's why they're like, it's blowing up more. They're, and they're able to put out those pieces of content a lot more. They're fluent in it too. Oh I think. yeah. I, I think like I, I see quick little 30 second, here's how to do this effect. And there's like 20 steps. And I'm like, I didn't even know I, 17 dude. of these features existed. I know. And if it was that easy... If I could just pop on and it was just so incredibly user-friendly and easy, it, that would be different. Yeah. But when you get on and you're like, oh, I'm my fucking 33-year-old, I'm like, how do I move that? Why want this edit to this thing? You know? I, do, I do wonder if it's user-friendly and we're just not. I, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. I'm like, <laughs> is it? Like we made, I made, I made fun of my parents, but now it's like, I'm not learning that. And it's like, Oh, I am them. I am right. them. I am them. Yeah. They're like, I don't understand what the yeah. point of that is. And yeah. I'm like, I'm no, I starting to not do that. But it is everything. It's very, very important. And my managers are on me every day. They're like, you got to make more. You yeah. got to do more. You got to get with it. And I've gotten better at it, but it's a, it's a, it's a process. Um, but it is, it is wildly paramount. It's incredibly yeah. important. And depending on the label that you are getting signed to or working with or who wants to use your song, they they are very... Um, they're very adamant mm -hmm. about it being something that is marketable. Because in tandem with how they want to sign you, what you want to do, they it's, it's important to them that you have a somewhat of a social media presence or that you are active on there because you're building a fan base yourself that that they get to do less work for free. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing their work for them for free. And if, and if it's the kind of thing that, but, or even if they're like, yeah, we're down to like help you and like give you people that are going to make these reels for you or make these TikToks for you. And you know, we'll, you know, we'll pay people to come and make it if they really want to sign you and they want you to be an artist. They still are like, the fact that there's a role where somebody's going to go and take TikToks of you and take reels of you, mm -hmm. they want to make sure that those songs that are being used and those things are are going to be marketable for the mainstream so that that means more fans, that means more exposure, yeah. that means more money, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a song that I, I spend less than 10 minutes a day on TikTok. I use it to promote this and I'll occasionally scroll. And there's a song that I've seen on TikTok and on Instagram lately that I think dropped this week, but I've been seeing it like in different reels that this guy's been promoting. I saw him promoted in six different videos and like, you know, those, I'm going to show you this song in my car. Yeah. Hey, this is my new song. And I hit play and then my friend 
probably a paid actress yeah. reacts. And right. so like, it's been a whole scheme, but now I could sing you the song, but you just know, because it. I've seen it. I know I haven't the listened re- to the full the song. The repurposing of the content. Like yeah. one song, 10 reels. Yeah. All kind of doing a different thing or just, or, or having an old one and bringing yeah. it back up. Like, same exact cut too. Yeah. Like the first word you hear is the same word. Exactly. It's the same it's cut the same, of the song. Same 15, I know, 20 seconds. I know. I know. It's wild. It's did wild you, how that is, man. Did you have to do any of that for any of your songs? Like for that release, did you need to do a bunch of reels for it? Yeah, but I need to, I needed to have done more. You know, it's, it's one of those things where um, being school in school full time and work full time and my voiceover thing and all the other things that I have going on. It's really, really, really tough. Um, but I'm getting better at it and I'm getting better at enjoying it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm getting better at like having fun with the process. And Rachel's been a really, really great, you know, partner to have in that way because she's really good with that shit. She enjoys it a lot more. She loves to do it. She pushes me to do it more. Um, she's also music. She's also ridiculous. Oh yeah. And she's like an incredibly talented artist as well. Rach is her artist name, all caps, R-A-C-H. And she is like, also just like incredibly amazing as well. Um, And I write a lot of her music and write with her. Um, And she's multifaceted with, she plays violin, she plays piano, she plays fucking accordion randomly. Like she just knows how to do everything. Um, And sings. And is just a stupidly talented vocalist. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of that has been also really, really paramount for um, us. I'm also the last person that would ever say I'm going to, I was going to have a partner where I'm like on stage doing music with and writing music with and doing songs with. And now I'm like, I just feel so lucky to be able to have somebody that I can share that with, you know? I think that's because I, I've, I've thought the same thing. I think it's hard to try and imagine that you, encounter someone that is a as as talented as as rachel is and then b that you would actually mesh with that i would mesh with i know like both on stage and off stage i I think that's such a rare thing to find it is thrilled that you did because you guys actually perform often pretty together too yeah at this point it's become the kind of thing where there's not a live set that i'm doing that rachel isn't involved in yeah. Like I would, I would never at this point want to go on stage and not have her be a part of the set. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've integrated her violin into songs, like doing live versions of songs with her violin. She does all like backup vocals for me on stage for, during my songs. And at this point, I'm like, that's another thing with social media that we're we're trying to work on more is like sort of. Um, what's the word like projecting us as a couple on TikTok and you want to yes yeah it's marketable marketing mm-hmm. us as a as a as a couple that does music together because now when I do live shows I'm like I could just do a Graystar show or I could do a Graystar show and a Rate show where she's doing some of her music I'm doing some of my music I'm singing yeah. on hers she's singing on mine I'm playing my keyboard or like my synthesizer or my piano during hers, her songs. Mm-hmm. I'm backing her up. She's playing violin during mine. Now you're getting like a full, you know, integrated performance that has like a lot more shit going on. That's a lot more 
dynamic and yeah. interesting than just one fucking thing. That's what, and that's how you sell more tickets. And that's how you like market yourself as something more exciting than just, Oh, this person is an artist and that's their band and that's whatever. I just, I just think it's way more fun to see that. Is, know? is that different than say you two forming a duo? Well, that's, there's been many talks about like that is something that we would be very interested in maybe like doing in the future. Cause we see, cause we already know that we like to do this. We already know it's a big crux of our relationship. We already know that, um, we work very well together. Yeah. We, you know, obviously I know that's always a scary thing. Like people are like, Oh, well, you know, mixing business with pleasure. And I'm like, y'all been doing it for a long time. We've been doing it for a long time. And also like y'all were doing mashups back in lockdown. I know, which we need to get back to. Um, but it's just one of those things where like, it's, it's like a big reason why our relationship is so great. Yeah. It's like really important to us and we really like to nurture it and like we care about it a lot. So, and it, and it almost seems stupid as we get farther down that like, why would we not just make it, you know, gray Ray or, or something, yeah. I don't know. you know, like it, it's, that seems smarter on top of the marketability. That's a word. Uh, of us also being a couple and, you know, seeing that journey, like, because a lot of social media, that's another part of it is people want to see your journey, man. Yeah. People want to see, they want to be emotionally invested in yes. you at, yes. maybe not you as a person, but you as a figure. Exactly. You as a, exactly. You as a character ish. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like celebrities where it's, well, it's, it's, but, but through that, through the figure or the celebrity, like, I think there's a difference between celebrities and like an artist, like a relatable artist. Mm -hmm. People just want to be able to relate to you yeah. or they want to see you and like find some sort of like value in your, your content, whether that be you being a goofball, whether that be you um, having a certain niche on how you put out your content or a thing that you like, whether that be, you know, relatable content that like you're like, I've been through some hard stuff and here's a song about it. And they go, I've been through some hard stuff too. I will listen to this song and enjoy it. And I can relate to that. Celebrities, people like to be into that because they're like, wow, I can't believe you are so good looking and have so much fucking money. Right. That's different. Yeah. They're, no one's going to look at me and be like, wow, this person has so much money and it's so whatever, which that's not how you want to build the fan base. You know? No. The, yeah. Look. Everybody does think that about me, but I have to be humble, Do you know what I mean, man. I, I don't have any money. So. I appreciate you paying me twenty thousand dollars to come on my podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm doing okay. a favor for my buddy. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you graduate in February. Where do you want your brand, your position to be in one year, five years, ten years? I just want to make good money doing this, not crazy money. Like a livable, where livable. you can do this only. Yeah, I want to be able to, you know, in the, and I would do tour stuff. Mm -hmm. I would be into that. And I think where I'm able, where I'm growing right now, we, we might be able to do that um, and make some good money off it. But I also would be completely fine with working with the tools that I've gotten from school and just what I know about the industry already working in that way and being um, able to just produce people 
or work at a work with a label or build, you know, other artists up or produce other people in like recording them and like doing their music and, and in some way, like doing that, a big part of me going to school is because I just want to be in this world. Mm-hmm. I really just want to be in this world. And I don't, I, at a certain point, I'm not going to care what facet that means. I just really want to be in the world. I will always release music. I will always make music for myself and I will constantly be pushing that. But, um, to, for me, as long as I am involved and I am like making music with people and, and growing and creating more and always having that, that creative, you know, bone being tickled. Yeah. I'm fine. I'll be, I'm super cool. So, I just, and and this industry is always changing and it's always sort of evolving into something else or this is where the trends are going or this is where this is going. So I try to keep myself very open to it. Like if in a year I am, it's just going in the direction where the gray star stuff is everything, great. And I'm going full on with that and that's awesome. If in a year AI takes over the world and I'm working in some facet of music with that or whatever, yeah. I'm cool with that. Just please give me the music. Please yeah. give me the music. Please let me be around the music. Please, please, please. I just, that's what I care about the most. So find your passion, man. I'm, I'm by no means a crypto bro, but one of the big blockchain innovation things that I've heard about with the music industry is uh owning rights as mm-hmm. a fan mm-hmm. to different music. Are you familiar with this this concept? Owning, what do you mean? Like owning so, rights as... So different uh, recording artists are now selling blocks, like crypto-like blocks, sure, sure. Uh, which are the rights to a song or an album, and then you get to share in the profits. So let's say a song has a thousand blocks, and then you, a person, could buy one block or five blocks or ten blocks, which are basically shares in a song or an album. Okay, yeah. Is this anything that you're that you've heard about? Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, a song or an album, like in their career or whatnot. Yeah, they're there's uh, they're saying that this is the thing that's going to come and kind of upend the music industry in both ticket sales because they have a blockchain that is non-transferable, mm-hmm. so you could buy what they're going to use as a ticket to a concert and then it's going to be non-transferable. So that'll get rid of the whole Ticketmaster price gouging. Oh thing. yeah, sure. So, sure. you know, uh, Taylor Swift and Beyonce are two very obvious names of people who have sold tickets that Ticketmaster bought up right. and then price gouged by hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, which is what they do all the time, which is what they do all the time. Matt Rife is a comedian. I love Matt Rife. Love Matt Rife. Oh, amazing. I'm uh, so glad he's blown up. He, same. I, I saw him before. He's hilarious. He was doing the college things or whatever. Wild and out. And oh, all that. yeah. And wild and out. Yeah. Shit. yeah. Dude, he, he's awesome, man. He said he'll never have his tickets be more than like 50 or $75. It was, it was under three digits. Yeah. And now they're going for like 375 on Ticketmaster because yeah. Ticketmaster bought them all up. They love to do And that. this whole blockchain thing is a way to be like, oh, Ticketmaster just bought them. They can't resell them. Right. They're non-transferable. And right. so they wouldn't do it in the first place. Um, I'm very curious to see what that does. Because That's genius. Yeah. A, Beyonce or Taylor Swift, probably probably smaller level, people that aren't already signed, could be like, hey, I'm going to drop this song and you, my fan base, can invest in it. And then if it Correct. makes, let's say there's a thousand blocks, thousand 
dollars, each person gets one dollar in profit. Right. And you, as the artist, would probably mm-hmm. have fifty block, fifty yeah. or five hundred blocks, and you get fifty percent or whatever. But they say that that's going to be a big thing in the music industry in the next five ten years. Yes, yeah. is, is this whole blockchain technology coming in and I think that's interrupting everything and kind of changing the game. Anything that I hear that has the artist back in mind, mm-hmm. like they are, that's better for the artist. I will yeah. always, because there's so much that's stacked against us. There's yeah. so much bullshit that's stacked against us to like have us not succeed in a true, nice, organic way or get paid out for the appropriate amount of, you know, bless you, Bob. Thank you. Of music and shows and things like that. Like, I love hearing something like that where like they're, they can, give back to the artist appropriately and people can book out. And I think that's, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I would imagine it's super frustrating when you, cause as an actor, it's the same thing. How many TikTok followers do you have? How many Instagram followers do you have? And if you're just getting started, but you're incredibly talented, you know <laughs> right. that you have a good product. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, you're not just getting started. You have 10 years before, but you're, two years into this new venture. Yeah. And, and it feels, you know, in certain moments where I know I have a lot, to be proud of. And I have a lot of like base level, which is good. Um, they're just looking at numbers. I know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's still a new kind of thing that I'm stepping into, but you know, if you love it and you enjoy it, yeah, you gotta be willing to learn, adapt and adjust to it. So last question. If there was one venue that you could play MSG, MSG, the O2 would be really cool too. In uh, London, Glastonbury would be badass. Um, yeah, like Europe would be very cool. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying MSG. Like, that's cool just because I love New York and I've right. seen so many shows in MSG. So that's. It's also huge. It's giant. And it's, and it's a great. And it's a worldwide, like, no yeah. big deal. Um, but I feel like. Or like Red Rocks. Red Rocks. Red Rocks would be cool. really badass. I think it would just be like, but I think something in like Europe. Mm-hmm. Would make would would be like wow this is amazing because it's a really amazing venue but also I made it to Europe you music know? is transcending language type <laughs> right. thing yeah right that that would be that would be just just that tinge more delicious mm-hmm. to me but hey man that is not the first time you've said delicious on this show delicioso and I appreciate it I mean bourbon coffee and talks of video games and music I mean I'm pulling up with a knife and a fork no crumbs. <laughs> No crumbs are left. Delicioso. That's what I want. I love that. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this is I really amazing. appreciate it. This is so fun. Uh, for taking the time. Yeah, and for sure. come back uh, when you're famous and playing Europe so that you can help boost my podcast. I, because, absolutely, I absolutely will. Your fans are my fans and vice versa. Appreciate it. Thank you so I much, Love you, bud. Bob. Love yeah, you. Cheers, baby.